Hey, welcome to Big Fish Small Pod. Today is June 10th. I'm Andrew Werdahl, and the Marlins have just swept the Washington Nationals after a dramatic meeting uh, before Tuesday's Game 1 of the series. The Marlins went from that moment and have now won three straight. So really, like, um, what I talked with you on Wednesday about was kind of a wide-scope impressionistic take on, like, the meeting itself, the idea of even just, like, a manager initiating such a meeting to get to, like, the core of whatever issues were around and um, bringing all of that to light over the course of a 90-minute meeting in front of the team and addressing murmurs, backtalk, gossip, in a sense that's more direct, potentially confrontational, and at least out in the open. So today, what I'm going to talk about is really what seems to be the takeaway from this meeting, that some people think jazz is too loud. I have that a tool that's called I don't care. <laughs> so as the New York Post reported, uh, jazz chism turned out to be the subject of criticism in the team meeting, according to sources, as teammates apparently aren't always as enamored as fans who love the style and sizzle. A direct quote from a John Heyman article, which also included a note from quote, one person who suggested teammates may be jealous. And I really do wish uh, Heyman did cite that quote one person, any like amount of citation, because it isn't clear that he's even talking about someone involved with the Marlins. So I can't quite take it with much more than simply a grain of salt, but it doesn't seem like much of a stretch to agree with that. It, that totally tracks with my impression of someone that's jealous and looking to not necessarily take down a teammate, but asking them to get more in line with where they themselves are at. So as described in a June 6th article, a day ahead of the meeting with The Athletic, and written by Brittany Gorilli, there is an obvious undercurrent to the way Jazz plays, uh, despite his early season performances, which have seen notable improvement from Jazz in terms of production. Certainly his slugging has really jumped out, but his plate discipline has also seen a real step forward, swinging less at pitches out of the zone, striking out less, walking more along with an increase in aggression at the first Pitch. He swings 4% more at the first pitch than he did like last year, but it's also really telling towards Jazz's actual expansion of a plate discipline that he's avoided a similar increase in first pitch strikes. He's either keeping pitchers away from him by being more of a threat at the plate, or he's doing a better job at staying in the zone, or actually both. It's a real irony that someone might come at Jazz for not, you know, doing the work or focusing too much on the style or whatever. Not that Jazz doesn't have room for improvement at the plate. Certainly his 255 batting average 
could be a bit higher and his spray chart does really favor that like pull side of the field. There's seemingly like something that could open up there. The opposite field gap stands out as a possible target and one that many veteran hitters have found a career with players like John Birdie, Mickey Rowe, Joey Wendell. And as The Athletic reported, Mickey Rowe seems to suggest a more tempered style of play with Jazz, noting that he did spend a lot of last year asking Chisholm, why dive for every single ball near him if you don't, if he didn't have to? Why risk injuring his shoulder on a routine ground ball? Why not prioritize games played over making some highlight reel? I went through earlier it earlier in my career, Rojas said. For me, it's helping change a little bit of his why and learning what to do off the field to stay on the field. Well, Jazz presents more of a two-geared existence, saying, if I'm up, I'm up. Otherwise, I'm sleeping. There's literally only two options of Jazz they get. It makes sense that Garrett Cooper, talking about this meeting to local media, dismissed it as a bunch of nonsense. But apparently topics like work ethic and attire were discussed. Don Mattingly brought forth a moment to address some talk within the team, and he needed to bring it out in the open. To the athletic, Richard Blyer talked positively of Jazz, saying, He always says hi, he's very respectful to us veterans, he doesn't think he's better than anybody. So that's really all you can ask for. In my opinion, I don't know how everybody views it, but it's not offensive to me or the old way of baseball, where people would try to muzzle him. Suggesting that Jazz has that sort of humility and understanding of himself that makes him a teammate that veterans can talk to and be in line with, not really your adversarial teammate that you need to make a 90-minute meeting about to, like, apparently shame. It's a little ridiculous as, like, the Athletic continued to report on Jazz's offseason, Barry Larkin, who he worked with on some fielding and like kind of mental focus elements of the game, Barry Larkin said he's a great personality for the game. I hope people can appreciate what he does. Really helps to like track forward from this June 6th article to this June 7th team meeting that there is an undercurrent in baseball against that sort of flair and to suggest jealousy is quite appropriate. Richard Blyer affirmed what we already know by saying that Jazz's play is loud and it serves to reason that it would draw the attention of others. And it sure does sound like some of these others are bringing with them their hard work experience and imposing that onto Jazz. As Jazz told MLB Network after the game on the 7th, I have that tool that's called I don't care. And I mean, and I mean use it to its fullest potential. I mean, I just use it to have fun. I mean, the game blesses me every day and I just get to go out and enjoy it. A perfect shield for the arrogance of others who would impose their gameplay onto another. Rather, blind to the confessional and humility-full Jazz, who's already spending his days balancing out his game-winning level of play. Blocking their arrogance with his own and asking more 
for a tempered presence of others who have the patience to watch, listen, and witness his climb from talent to star, taking with him the lessons of veterans like Rojas and Barry Larkin and incorporating them into his game himself. He's Jazz Chisholm Jr., and there hasn't been a player quite like him. And if you don't like it, not that you don't like it. In the interest of resolution, if the way he plays gets under your skin, check yourself first for holes. As Kim Ang told the New York Post on Jazz Chisholm, he's good. And at 24, you might just be asking him to learn now what he hasn't learned yet, but even the brightest talents still need room for their growth. So tonight, another opportunity for a real like fresh take at a pitcher. 8-10 Eastern time, Miami will be facing the Astros in Houston. Pablo Lopez will be facing Luis Garcia. Both of these pitchers facing each team for the first time. So we'll see that clean slate for pregame prep against this new pitcher, which itself will be something to watch. Fish Stripes Live will be with you pregame as the Marlins go from the sweep of the Nationals into a matchup with one of the league's most practices, practiced offenses. So for the podcast, I've been Andrew Werdahl. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.